Hello, good morning. Welcome to the Zenster Podcast. Today is shaping up to be a fantastic day, and I appreciate you being here, listening in, and having this conversation. Uh, Pura Vida, Wabi Sabi, what are you grateful for today? Um, well, today is a great day, and I wanted to talk, I was recently, I revisited the audiobook of Viktor Frankl's A Man's Search for Meaning. And I'm going to talk a little bit about logotherapy and discovering meaning in one's life. But first, I have two different um, readings. One from the Eastern philosophy, one from the Western. Maybe I should just start doing that because I like I read these every day, and then but I try to tie it in with what we're talking about. But this is from the Tao of Joy Every Day. It says, Intelligence. In the West, people prioritize physicality. Our star athletes are millionaires. We lavishly reward entertainers who can express and inspire feelings with the way they move. In movies and television shows, it is the action hero who uses brawn to defeat evil genius. In Asian societies, intelligence gets the spotlight. Scientists, inventors, and mental prodigies are more admired than athletes or entertainers. Winning by using one's mind instead of one's muscle is the cultural ideal. Teachers are given more respect than in the West, and parents want their kids to do well academically above all else. In Tao culture, both physical intelligence and cognitive intelligence are greatly valued, but it is emotional intelligence that is recognized as being the closest to wisdom of the Tao. It is the power over one's emotional states and the ability to deal with the challenges of life without anger or frustration. The more you cultivate, the more your emotional intelligence will increase until you attain a level of total mastery. So today, what is your current level of emotional intelligence? Do you have the power over your internal states, or do they have power over you? Do you sometimes have trouble dealing with your coworkers? Do you sometimes get angry with your loved ones, only to regret it later? Keep up your cultivation and see how your answers to these questions change over time. And, you know, that is so... Uh, <laughs> last night, in the middle of the night, my... Older, older dog, he's going to be 14 here next month, got up and um, had to get, well, I don't know what he, he wanted a drink or something, and he can't really get on and off the bed, and he woke me up at like 3 in the morning, and I was like groggy and all mad, <clears throat> and then I was like, went to lay back down, and I'm like, why'd you get mad over that, that's so stupid, why would you get mad over a dog, you know, waking you up, you know, whatever. So I, I totally relate to that and obviously have some emotional intelligence to um, to improve upon, but it's recognizing these things that is a step in the right direction. So, um, and from Epictetus, he says, two tasks. What then makes a person free from hindrance and self-determining? For wealth doesn't matter, nor does high office, state, or kingdom. Rather, something else must be found. In the case of living... It's the knowledge of how to live. And this is from the, the book, Ryan Holiday book, uh, Daily Stoke. It says, You have two essential tasks in life, to be a good person and to pursue the occupation that you love. Everything else is a waste of energy and a squandering of your potential. How does one do that? Okay, that's a tougher question, but the philosophy we see from the Stoics makes it simple enough. Say no to distractions, to destructive emotions, to outside pressure. Ask yourself, what is it that I, I only 
only, what is it that only I can do? What is the best to use my limited time on this planet? Try to do the right thing when the situation calls for it. Treat other people the way you would hope to be treated. And understand that every small choice in tiny matter is an opportunity to practice these larger principles. That's it. That's what goes into the moment. The most important skill of all. How to live. And great words. And I thought that really tied in together. And I'm just reading. This is like my own personal zeitgeist coming together. And I'm just reading from... um, from the daily uh, things, and then yesterday, like I said, I I was like looking for something to listen to, and you know, in the background, I guess, essentially. Um, and I had, you know, Victor Frankel's a Man's Search for Meaning is a book, uh, and I did an episode on this before, um, but I just re-listened to it on the audiobook, and. Um, it's such a powerful book, and it's his chronicles and experience as a prisoner in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. Um, and he was a Frankel himself was a um, psychologist, I think, um, but he was able to identify uh, purpose in each person's life through three ways. The completion of tasks, caring for another person, or finding meaning by facing suffering with dignity. Uh, the, but the main premise of the book is that in order to thrive, a person needs to both find their main purpose in life and work towards that, but also find purpose in small and mundane things. Frankel believed that finding meaning and purpose in life is the key to personal happiness and well-being. In a concentration camp, all meaning and life goals are stripped away, and why do some prisoners persevere and others give up or collapse? Uh, Frankel believed that a man's search for meaning is a powerful driving force that allows mankind to overcome extreme odds and achieve extraordinary feats. And um, <clears throat> the book itself is so powerful because he talks about specific lessons, you know, of people. Like he talked about how a bunch of prisoners perished over Christmas um, because he thought he said that they they had hope that they were going to get out by Christmas and when that day came and went you know that hope was lost and they lost their sense of meaning their sense of purpose and he talks about even like a powerful part of the book is where he uh, you know because there he, he identifies certain like SS guards that are like you know, quote unquote, nice to him, you know, that he finds the humanity in them, you know, where there, there were some real sadist people that just wanted to abuse and, and dominate over the prisoners. He said there was others that you could see the humanity in them. And, uh, I think the one like asked him, you know, gave him basically an out, you know, kind of giving a wink and a nod, you know, here's what you do. And he said, I want to stay with my, my friends essentially. He found meaning in being part of the group and being part of the, the people and helping take care of them. Uh, because he was a doctor and he um, was able to, you know, it, it, I don't want to say he was had a, a favorability, but um, just so powerful. So I highly recommend the book. But um, 
he after this he came up with the term logotherapy which comes from the greek word logos which means meaning um you know and and during this time he lost his wife his parents his brother um and a lot of this helped him greatly influence this uh logotherapy he noticed um you know that the those who could find purpose or meaning in their suffering were more resilient more likely to survive um and he talks about you know life having meaning in all circumstances even in suffering and death uh the primary human drive is not pleasure as freud postulated but the pursuit of what we find meaningful and human beings are free to find and create meaning and i think we're in one of those times where people are sort of trying to find meaning because there's so much mundane you know you go to work um, you know, especially if it's a task-oriented job, you, sometimes you go in, you know, you punch a clock, it's day in, day out, and that mundane becomes very mundane, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, but, you know, logothera- log- logotherapy is something that doesn't get enough credit and enough, you know, there's all these fancy, um, eye movement therapies and hypnotist hypnotism and these different approaches to you know changing our minds um but uh, this logotherapy is kind of a, a a true sort of um what should i say like principled approach to human uh, understanding and i don't really hear of much conversation around it and this is such a powerful example of um of you know the human condition that uh, you know how can you ignore it so how do we apply logotherapy and think about this from a therapeutic standpoint if you're working with a therapist uh, because that was the intention of it but you know i think individuals can uh, discover this on their own um, so you know first it's um you know first step is to really uh foster a trusting relationship and make sure that somebody's safe feels safe and understood and you know this starts with understanding the current situation their feelings and most importantly areas we feel lack of meaning or purpose um he talks about um the existential vacuum uh patients uh, and people may experience feelings of emptiness and meaninglessness and this existential vacuum is a central concept in logotherapy um so understand and confront this emptiness is part of the process but then you know discovering meaning uh discovering a sense of purpose could be through creative endeavors experiences or even attitudes um and you know as frankl talks about in the book he believed that meaning could even be found in the face of suffering if you're going to be forced into suffering suffer and do it well with dignity and purpose um talks about their their reflection is a technique used for people who are overly self-focused leading to symptoms like anxiety and hyper intention you know being uh over focused can you know lead to insomnia make it harder to sleep by shifting the focus from oneself to something external or someone someone else uh this symptom can be alleviated 
And think about this true uh, also with like addiction and how addicts uh, often are able to overcome, you know, their addiction by, you know, discovering a higher power. And uh, another thing he talks about um, is um, paradoxical, paradoxical intention. It's a, another technique where you can guide yourself or a person into to intend or wish for the very thing they fear. This is very common. Um, like the negative, uh, what what did the Stoics call it? Negative uh, intention, or you ne negative visualization. Sorry. Um, and th this is you know timeless, um, timeless wisdom, and you know a, a person uh, say with performance anxiety might be encouraged to try to perform poorly intentionally or visualize that poor um, poor uh, performance and you know the idea is that doing this you'll realize the irrationality of the fear um, you know active responsibility is an, an, another approach where you cannot control all circumstances we can only choose our response very uh, wire you know very consistent in the stoicism and stoic philosophy um, encourage people to take responsibility for the reactions and attitudes so not the circumstances but how you uh, react to the circumstance um, and you know a lot of this stems from you know this could be early trauma that, that could have um, caused some of this and understanding that and getting to that root cause is, is, is a challenge um, and, you know, trying to identify those feelings and challenges related to the current, um, situation and related to the meaning is important, uh, but also cultural, social influences, uh, or, you know, can have a strong impact on a person's gap in their meaning and understanding their meaning. And... Um, even the current life circumstances, like I said, you know, it's, you know, the David Foster Wallace, uh, this is water, you know, comes to mind, you know, where uh, you, we get caught in the mundane and, you know, you have the power to stop and think is, is such an important tool. And all of these things are very similar to, you know, what we've been talking about with um, our power to respond and react and our attitudes and how we can use these in our own, uh, you know, uh, apply these from our own, you know, true north. Um, so, yeah, so uh, think about it in goals, aspirations, many ways that we can uh, discover this and go from there. So uh, that is all I have for you today. And I hope you find value in this conversation. Go read that book, A Man's Search for Meaning. It is so important, so powerful. And um, hopefully you can discover through this logotherapy and this approach. It is very common, consistent with many other things. So let's have a fantastic day. And we'll see you again next time.